Shut up and sit down. Hello, strangers, and welcome to Strangers in a Cinema. I'm Paul Anderson here with co-host Grace Williams. How are you, Grace? I'm wonderful, thanks. Where's Pete, Grace? What have you done with him? Oh, I don't know. He's not very well this week, listeners. No. So we are wishing Pete all the best and a speedy recovery, and hopefully he'll be back on next week. So get well soon, Pete. Get but well in soon. the meantime, it's just me and your good self. How are yeah. you? I'm so great. It's the sun is shining. It's um, the snowdrops are blossoming soon. You None know. of that's true, is it, Grace? I can see out of my very dirty <laughs> windows. Quite I'm not really sure what's going on with the weather. But I mean, if you want it to be sunny, we can say it's sunny, listeners. It's sunny and snowing, according to Grace. So yeah, that makes very little sense. Um, right, what have we got this week uh, for the? What have we got for the listeners? Oh my gosh, we've got um, lots of stuff going on. So um, first of all, we're going to be uh, in part one. We're going to be talking about um, the Baftas and analysing that in great detail. Um, and then we're going to be talking about Colette in part two, um, which I'm sure we've got strong opinions about, but we've left that as a surprise to each other. <laughs> um, and then in the third act, we've um, tried to compile with great difficulty our top five British actresses. Yes, based on the fact that Kira Knightley is in uh, Colette, who is yes. a, fa- a very famous British actress. Uh, whether she makes either of our lists or not, it will remain to be seen. Um, but yes, based on that fact, so we've put together our top five British actresses. Uh, what we're working today, I think that's the kind of the gist we've got with yeah. it, rather than rather than kind of of all time. Yeah. Um, and I would say in my my list, they're probably in no particular order. I don't think no. so. Probably five favourite. British actresses. Um, but before we get there, we've got the usual section. Um, Grace, what have you been watching? I've been watching a lot. Um, most of the films seem to begin with a B this week, which <laughs> right. I didn't mean to. Um, but yeah, I went to go see Bumblebee. What did you think? Because I really like Bumblebee. Well, I did like it, and um, but my eight-year-old self was like, what are Transformers? I've never discovered these before, <laughs> because... Yeah, that was just not really a thing when I was growing up, and still. So you've never, you've not seen. This is your first, my first, first encounter with a transformer, with Transformers well, full stop. I've seen the animated movie, but right, I was okay. pretty worse for wear right, when okay. I watched it. So, um, and actually, I drank a couple of glasses of wine before Bumblebee as well. Right, so okay. maybe there's a correlation between drinking wine, and alcoholism, and Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a couple of glasses of wine. It doesn't make an alcoholic necessarily. I'll no. make that clear, but yes. <laughs> but I think maybe you have to sort of understand because I'm just so, I still don't really understand. Like, so Transformers, they're in space. Have they seen cars before? How do they know? What 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 is what is it? Well, they scan things that they, they want to have... disguise themselves as. Yeah, but if they hadn't like in so in the in the beginning of Bumblebee, which was amazing, like that opening sequence was On so beautifully yeah, yeah. so beautifully rendered, but one of dresses um not dresses at that point uh, at that point they're space cars oh they're space cars yeah yeah okay so you'll find that the design of those vehicles is they're (laughs) cybertronian vehicles that look a little bit like cars okay so when they go to earth they can transform into cars so it makes it yeah. Right. So that whole bit on Cybertron is yeah. basically um, is basically like a loving nod to the first episode of the animated series. Oh, okay. So that almost like shot for shot, that bit on Cybertron is like the battle the Autobots have on Cybertron Space in cars. the beginning of the animated series. So that's that was a nice okay, that was a nod right. to that. Okay, cool. And yeah. we, we can talk Transformers for the whole episode if you want. Well, 
that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just more, yeah, the space car thing. Because I was like, yeah. I, I get that they can scan, but I didn't understand. Some... I mean, it's a stretch. It is basically <laughs> so they can make very, very cool toys that actually transform. Yeah. So. But yeah, no, I, I, I really liked it. It was a good, it was a, a, a good movie. It was, it was nice. So, have, they, so yeah. you haven't seen the Michael Bay live action no, films? Good, no. good, because basically you're, so you're in such a lucky position where you can just, <laughs> you've seen the animated movie, which yeah. I adore, yeah, uh, and you've seen Bumblebee, so you can, you can genuinely pretend that the Michael Bay ones don't exist, and you're like, actually, yeah, there's been two good Transformers films. Yeah, I can. Yeah, well, and I could do I'm a my bit own. jealous. Are you? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I can't take those <laughs> memories away from you. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that, that's what I, I, I watched this week. Um, Just Bumblebee. No. <laughs> sorry, I thought you were going to go. Um, um, just last night, I watched The Borderlands. Have you seen this film? No. Oh my goodness. I've forgotten the... Is this anything to do with the video game Borderlands? No, not? it's no. not. Oh my goodness, it's a found footage movie, not right. well, but it's it's a it's set in the West Country. So I was like sold because obviously we are broadcasting live from the West yeah. Country. Um, it was a 2013 release. I think it was one of the last films that Metrodome released, like right. the last kind of stretch of Metrodome before it went into administration. Um, and I've completely forgotten the director's name. So sorry, but it was um about it's a kind of a, a ghost hunt film so um it's about um a religious chap um a priest and a techie and they're in i think it's elliot, elliot goldner that's it elliot goldner is the uh, director of the board yeah Hands. um and it's set in i think it's set in melksham which isn't too far away from here it's about you know half an hour drive and um they go and investigate um a haunted church basically but the priest um in the church thinks um that he's had a message from god because lots of things start shaking during a christening and it's all caught on video so they go and investigate um this haunted church and my god it's like um eden lake mixed with paranormal activity mixed with the exorcist or something but it's like got this really weird twist at the end which was so well done for such a low budget movie it was um i was actually creeped out i'm intrigued now where yeah. where was it is this on it was on amazon prime okay yeah um but yeah it's a 2013 release and it actually got really good reviews at the time um we're uh, sitting on an 80 i'm going to be pete here it's sitting on an 81 percent approval yes, rating on rotten tomatoes it, yeah so, certified yeah. fresh yeah um so yeah so i i um, i genuinely got creeped out by that and that's quite difficult for me to do so, so you know that was yeah top notch guys uh, anything else beginning with b <laughs> no i <laughs> okay. have a hot bot <laughs> okay well b's in there so hot bot is this oh, a like God. Transformers porn? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a Netflix film, oh. um, which wasn't my choice to watch, but I went along with it. What's, uh, the, what's the premise? Premise is <laughs> um, scientists invent sex robot. Um, FBI people transport sex robot to senator and crash car, and sexy robot escapes. And is found by two teenagers who work at a fast food restaurant. So it's weird science. It's weird science. Um, one of them's really religious, so he's trying to hide the sex robot in his house, and he's in a really religious family. Um, and yeah, it wasn't as awful as I was expecting it to be. Um, the one of the actors in it won an award through Funny or Die, which is Will Ferrell's yeah. online company. Yeah, so I think uh, that kind of gave it a bit of extra. Uh, 
credibility. credibility yeah and it had some funny moments but yeah it was just it was just one of those movies where i just like i'm taking my brain out putting it in a jar for a bit i fell asleep in the last act so i had to rewind it <laughs> um but yeah so that that's three three top picks um for the week but i've also been watching titans on netflix so. What's the premise of this? Because you talk, you talk to me. It's a DC. It's a DC. Thing. You have some DC DC series, um, based on I think based on the set of comics that was released in the eighties, which has now been adapted to Teen Titans Go. Right. Which is more uh, child friendly, I guess. Um, so uh, the premise of this, I'm not a massive DC reader, so cor- uh, you know I'm probably getting all this wrong. But there's a uh, a girl who seems to have this weird power where she's being inhabited by some kind of satanic version of herself and she has to go into um hiding and she's rescued by dick grayson and then i haven't got all the way through it but there seems to be who is robin Robin. um so it's kind of some batman backstory in there which is really awesome to see and there's loads of gotham references not the TV show, not like that TV show, but the actual place. So yeah, it's it, it's really dark, and it was a lot better than I was expecting it to be because a lot of these, um, especially DC TV series, seem to be quite cheap and not very well acted. So in my opinion, but um, this one's good. So yeah, good. I'm recommend give it. That a go. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've been watching some things as well, Grace. Uh, yeah. None of which begin. Oh, I might have watched something going to be this week, but yeah. I haven't noted it down. Um, so to start with, the film beginning with A. Uh, um, <laughs> this is Action Point. Um, people that I thought was kind of disappeared from release schedules in 2018. I'm not sure it ever did a cinema run, and uh, the reviews have been pretty poor for this. Um, to put it into context, it's directed by Tim Kirkby, but perhaps more importantly, it stars Johnny Knoxville and Chris Pontius of Jackass fame, okay. um, and is centred around, from what I gl- I've gleaned, I haven't done much research into the true story of Action Point, uh, it's centred around kind of like a, a ramshackle theme park that Johnny Knoxville's character sets up, um, um. and then and basically where sort of no rules apply, uh, the brakes are taken off of toboggans, like loads of people have accidents, and it's like, but it's kind of old-fashioned, old-fashioned fun. Mm. Um, it's perfectly suited, you would think, to Johnny Knoxville and anyone that's been yeah. involved in in Jackass. Um, and basically, the story is told through the eyes of, of an old, of an older Johnny Knoxville character, uh, explaining to his granddaughter about Action Point um, and mm. what happens in between. Um, as you might expect from a Johnny Knoxville film, it's very, 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 very silly. Mm. Um, and I'll be honest, I really, really enjoyed this. It's been absolutely savaged, but in quite a number of circles. And I don't really see why. I don't. Re- it's, I think it's probably what like you and Pete were saying um, either last week or the week before about Holmes and Watson. Uh. I don't know what people expected from this, yeah. for a start, apart from lots of slapsticks comedy because Johnny Knoxville likes falling over. Yeah. I think I, I lost count in the amount of times people fall over in this film. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, but every time it happened, it made me giggle like a school kid. Um, yeah, it's very, very silly. There's some t- frankly bizarre sequences where uh, the older Johnny Knoxville character is telling a story to his granddaughter and then for certain, no reason at all puts his face over the cooker and then a bit of a flame shoots up. And he's just like, it depends. If, if you like Jackass you'll like this a lot and I don't really understand people's criticism of it and Chris Pontius should be I think my wife said wouldn't it be great if Chris Pontius was in every film ever right. just turned up in like in the middle of Interstellar just in the just in the pants that he loves wearing and just says something completely nonsensical so look is it a great film no it's not is did I have a great time watching it 
Yes, I did. And would I recommend it? I absolutely would. Where did you watch that? Because I, I was. That's uh, I rented it. You rented I it. I rented it on PlayStation Video, I think. Did so, you? Ooh, yeah. Because yeah, I saw that yeah. advertised um, last year, and I thought that looked quite good. Because there's, I remember reading an article about um, this town in Italy where this old dude like built his own theme park using natural resources. So I thought it might have been. Based it's kind on of that, yeah, but... it's, yeah. Apparently, it's a similar sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, and I really enjoyed it. It's actually it's quite good natured. It's it's kind of nostalgic and like the slapstick and like the not the the jackass guys know how to do slapstick comedy yeah, yeah, and they know how to do people falling over and make it funny yeah i mean i mean don't get me wrong there are times when you go oh what's gonna happen next yeah. and then that happens but even though even that i still laughed every yeah. time those scenes happen so yeah. yeah i had a great time with it awesome um the same can't be said uh for robert zemeckis i mean you told me this and i kind of knew this going in but <laughs> I had agreed to review it for another site that I write for, so I didn't really have much choice. No. So I went to see Welcome to Marwin. Yeah. Um, yeah, what a missed opportunity this is, unfortunately. See, unlike you, Grace, I quite like Steve Carell. Yeah. Um, and I think he can he can be a good actor. In this, though, so basically the premise of this is he plays... Um, is it Robert Hovenkamp? I want to say the guy's name is Robert Hovenkamp, and apologies if it's not. Um, who basically, it's, it's a true life story of an artist you know, named Robert Hovenkamp who got um, brutally sort of beaten to near death um, in what is thought widely thought to be kind of a homophobic beating outside mm. of a bar. Um, and how he kind of, and, and in response to this, although he he made a physical recovery, he never quite never quite recovered mentally, and kind of escaped into his photographs and lived lived his life through this fantasy of like action dolls, mm. um, like a World War Two fantasy. From what people are saying, there's a really good documentary called Welcome to Marwan Cole, I think, which mm. is out there somewhere, which is apparently a lot better than this. So right. I'm intrigued to to seek that out. So yeah, it's quite an engaging subject matter. I I think. Um, Steve Carell can be good on 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 a good day. Um, this isn't that good day though for Steve Carell, to be honest. I mean, the whole film is so icky for want of a. I think I've stolen that, possibly stolen that from a Guardian review, so right. I apologise. But yeah, it's just it's just so overblown, and there's no need for it to be so overblown and overwrought. I mean, Steve Carell's performance. You instead of what you should want to give this man a cuddle. Mm. And go look. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Steve Crow's performance is so mopey and so over the top. You just want to give him a slap. Mm, <laughs> just go sure. snap out of it. So if the character, if the, a character you're supposed to have sympathy for annoys you from the outset, yeah, not a good start no, to no, the film. The doll sequences themselves, really good. I mm. have to say, this is the one. The visuals are the one. The film's one highlight. Yeah, and they look great. Like that, you've got. But then that being said, although they look great, you've got um, Janelle Monae. Uh, Isaac Gonzalez. Um, who else? There's, there's, there's other. There's some great actresses playing the doll characters, mm. but they're completely wasted. They just mm. run around shooting things and don't really. You've got some. You've got a really strong female cast here, um, and they don't do anything. They're, mm. they're given really very very little to do. Leslie Mann is. Yeah, Leslie Mann is another one of the dolls who plays his neighbour uh, Nicole. Um, who again is just so unbelievable this is the other thing and like so so it's overwrought for a start yeah and then the characters just either aren't aren't given enough room to be fully developed so you don't care about them or are just so over the top it's unbelievable like Mm. so you've got his neighbor nicole who moves in who's like i like dolls too aren't you lovely just on just the way in which these characters are structured is so overwrought it's just it just takes away any sense of plausibility there's one point in this film where steve carell's character goes over to see leslie man's character who has an angry and abusive ex-husband. Right. So all the stereotypes are here. And he is horrible to Steve Carell, surprise, surprise, and is a complete arsehole to him. Steve Carell 
toddles off back home very upset. So he gets shouted at. He cries. He toddles off home upstairs. He literally, he trips in the doorway. He then falls over. As he falls over, a trapdoor falls on his head. And at that point, I started laughing. And I'm like, okay, this is so on the nose. Like, I can't, and if you started laughing when you're supposed to feel sorry for characters, I'm out. Mm. And just the whole thing at times just seems so, so silly and so manufactured. It's just completely implausible. So, no, I did not like Welcome to Marwen. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, I won't no talk. worries. I mean, that's pretty much, I imagine you knew that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, the last thing that I wanted to talk about in this section uh, is a rewatch Steve McQueen's uh, feature debut, uh, Hunger. Okay. Have you seen this? No, I haven't seen uh, it. So it's from 2008. It's about um, the IRA hunger striker Bobby Sands mm. um, and about how the IRA, the IRA uh, well, accused IRA terrorist went on hunger strike in UK jails to try and get more rights in prison. Mm. Um, it's Michael Fassbender is Bobby Sands. Uh, it's an incredible performance from Michael Fassbender without a shadow of a doubt. I think it's the film that kind of like marked him out as a, as a talent to watch for sure. It's not an easy watch, as you can imagine, based yeah, yeah. on that subject matter. It is unremittingly bleak. Uh, but then you, some could argue that subject matter needs to be unremittingly bleak. But it's, um, yeah, it's a really, really powerful film. Um, Steve McQueen's debut. I think what I will say about this, as much as I, I like it a lot, I think I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy is the wrong word with a film like this, but I think I appreciate it more on first viewing. I would say it, there are times when perhaps Steve McQueen overuses static camera, which is, don't get me wrong, it's a technique that I like. Um, there's a lot of static camera where there doesn't always need to be, but there is also one incredible scene. There's um, there's a conversation that Michael Fassbender's Bobby Sands character has with Liam Cunningham's priest, mm. uh, and it is it holds the same sort of mid shot, looking at them chatting across the table for about fifteen minutes, and that is superb, like absolutely yeah, incredible, okay. and it's all done in a single take. So quite how the actors that, mm. that is incredible achievement, not only from the director's point of view, but certainly from the actors doing it. So yeah, there's a lot of very very good stuff in here. I don't think he's quite as accomplished as Widows. Uh, or some of his later work, but it's still a very, very good and powerful film. But yeah, you need to be—you need to watch something nice afterwards because it is bleak. Okay. But yeah, incredible performance from from Fassbender for sure. Um, yeah, well, that brings us out of what we've been watching on yeah. a high, on a nice, on a, yeah. on a nice uplifting high. Uh, we'll be back after this brief break with our chat on BAFTA nominations. So, let's chat EE BAFTAs. I miss it being orange BAFTAs. I didn't know it changed. Because orange doesn't exist anymore. Okay. BAFTAs with EE doesn't have the right ring, does it? No. EE and Stephen Fry. Ugh. But yeah, so they all the BAFTAs, BAFTA nominations were announced. What are we thinking? Are we thinking... Well, I'm not gonna, we're not going to list all of them because that's just a bit dry, to be honest. So we're not going to do that. I think I'm going to go with probably people that I feel have been left out. And then yeah. we'll look at some positives, shall we? Yeah, okay. Should we do that? So uh, nothing for Lynn Ramsey for you were never really here. I was I wrote that down. As yeah, well. which I think is a bit of a disgrace to be exactly. honest. Um, she's a British director as well, and yeah. yeah, there's no you know, yeah, there's no nomination for that, and it's an incredible yeah. film. Um, not even best beard acting. Not even best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Know, so yeah. So words. nothing for Lynn Ramsey, which I think is a shame. Yeah. Uh, Steve McQueen, with, with who we were just talking about, coincidentally, completely overlooked again. Uh, just common BAFTAs. Start, you, you can't stop overlooking British directors, yeah. male or female. Like, yeah. It's it's bad enough. It's bad enough overlooking any British director. You yeah. overlook Lynn Ramsey. 
you've overlooked Steve McQueen. Like that's it's not really good enough, is it? To be honest, no, it's not. For goodness' um, sake. And it, at least those films are at least deserving of a nomination, like without a shadow of a I doubt. Know. We're not like, just famous for the bodyguard, for goodness' yeah. sake. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have we got? Nothing for Hereditary. Which nothing for Hereditary. Which I think, to be honest, with this has always been my problem with awards in general, mm. is that. They not only they neglect a lot of things as as you know that's 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 well discussed on many 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 shows including this one yeah uh, and I've said this before they also they completely discriminate against genre films as well yeah like, and so hereditary being overlooked isn't really a surprise for me um, what I am happy about Cold War has been nominated for best film not in the English mm-hmm. language which I think is very very good um, so hopefully that will be good um, what else have I got the favorite is up for a lot of awards what what do you think is there any standouts for you um i mean i was looking at, I, I was a bit disappointed just to read that there's only three nominations in the animation category but i'm glad to see that isla dogs and into the spider-verse are in there um but yeah i think the favorite has definitely um taken over a lot of those um categories which is really good um and i'm glad to see i mean i haven't seen it yet but i heard great things about beast and for such a little um film i'm glad that's got a nomination for best british film i hope that wins over bohemian rhapsody for goodness sake does that nom- that was nominated for best british film wasn't outstanding it? british film so we've got yeah. beast bohemian rhapsody i said we weren't gonna listen yeah. to them. i've started listening to them. so outstanding <laughs> british film we've got beast bohemian rhapsody the favorite mcqueen yeah uh, stan and ollie and you were never really here oh, actually so you never really hear is picked up it's oh. picked up outstanding british film so that's something i mean it's Good. not a, not a direct nomination from ramsey but at the same time that is some credibility yeah restored um best film um you've got black clansman the favorite green book roma and a star is born yeah see i reckon what's going to happen is they um black clansman or the favorite should definitely get it but they're going to go with blooming a star is born aren't they they're going to do it because it's the baftas so that's um, it shouldn't in my right, opinion see, i think but... the favorite should get it i think the favorite or, or black roma. clansman but no yeah or green book black, black clansman or the favorite or roma so they're all deserving of it. Apart from A Star is Born, but <laughs> A Star is Born is going to blooming get it and Lady Gaga's going to get up there and do her... Oh, thank you. So, ah, here we go. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I know. Best British film. Again. No, it's not, though, is it? It's directed <laughs> by Brian Singer. Blah. So, no. Get out of here, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Stop it. This is good. I'm <laughs> going to embrace your rage. Leading actor, uh, Bradley Cooper, Christian Bale, Rami yeah. Malek, Steve Coogan or Viggo Mortensen. Any of those apart from Bradley For Cooper. For me, Christian Bale. I saw Vice last night, but we're going to talk about Fine. it in an upcoming Fine show. Fine with any so. of those apart from Bradley uh, Cooper. Leading actress, Glenn Close, Lady Gaga, Melissa McCarthy, Olivia Colman, Viola Davis. Oh, there's a nod for Widows, at least, with... Leading actress. Fine for any of those, apart from Lady Gaga. Olivia Blech. Coleman for me for that one. Uh, best supporting actor: Adam Driver, Black Klansman, uh, Marishala Ali for Green Book, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, Sam Rockwell for Vice, Timothy Chalamet for Beautiful Boy. It's difficult, isn't it? Because loads of these films haven't been released in the UK, so how are we supposed to, as an audience, know? Well, is Richard E. Grant good in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Is he? I don't know. I'd, I'd probably, but I, I'd I'd be happy with any of those. Would you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so, to be yeah. honest. In terms of what I've seen, Sam Rockwell's good, Adam Driver's really good. Yeah. I haven't seen the others, to be fair. There you go. And then, so best the best supporting actress, Amy Adams for Vice, Claire Foy for First Man, Emma Stone for The Favourite, Margot Robbie, Queen of Scots, Rachel Vice The Favourite. Should be a joint 
joint nomination for Rachel Vice and Emma Stone, I think there. I think so, yeah. And again, I haven't seen Mary Queen of Scots, but I can't imagine it's... No, Claire Foy's very good in First Man, to be fair. Um, yeah. Right, let's do one more. Let's do Breast Director. Yeah. Spike Lee for Black yes. Klansman. Pavel Porowski for Cold War. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favourite. Oh, this is a good list. Alfonso Caran for Roma, and then Bradley Cooper for A Star Goodness Is Born. Sake, why is everyone obsessed with Bradley Cooper? It's not right. like he's got original source material to work on, first of all, and it's not a good film. That, but it's right. So for me, from a direct, from a, a directing yeah. point of view, yeah. it's a prompt. It's an accomplished debut. Yeah. As a director, yeah, of course. but it's not fucking Cold War. It's no. not Black Cloud. It's not Yorgos Lanthimos level no. good. It's not. A, a, you sit there, and Bradley Cooper is now being said, mentioned in the same sentences as the director as Alfonso Cuarón for Roma and Kowalski for Cold War, and just any of those directors. He made a hit. Yeah. Well, so did the Russo brothers, but that's not being nominated, is yeah. it? For goodness' sake. So yeah, fine. yes. Grr. Oh, this is this excites me. Uh, Apostasy's got a mention for Daniel Cocotaljo. Daniel Cocotaljo has got a mention for Apostasy, which is a film I really like from last year for outstanding debut from British writer, director, or producer. If you haven't okay. seen Apostasy yet, it's really, really I good. I haven't seen it, no. Um, so check it out. So that makes me happy. Um, yeah, we won't go into any more. Nah. Otherwise, we'll list all nah. of them. So, yeah. So, yeah. I've, I've seen worse years, to be honest, in terms of films that I think should get mm. nominated. But to not have Lynn Ramsey in Best Director, and the number of people have said about not having Deborah Granick in there for Leave No Trace either. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, that is a very good film as well, yeah. to be fair. So I've seen worse years. Bohemian Rhapsody get nominated for a stand. I've got a horrible feeling Bohemian Rhapsody is going to win Outstanding British Film as well. Yeah, it probably will. Ugh. And it's actually leading on to the next section quite nicely. I'm surprised Colette didn't have an outstanding British film because that's um, number nine film Stephen Woolley Elizabeth Carlson produced. Okay. Would it be in that catchment? Because it's just been... It might, yeah. be, it might be too late. Oh, okay. I've... I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. quite how I, I was surprised honest, that there was no Colette nominations as... Well, no, no, it must be no because Vice is nominated. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, that, that yet, surprised so, yeah. me. That surprised yeah. me. That wasn't outstanding. So yeah, what I mean, what do you want to win? Anything but Bohemian Rhapsody and The Star Is Born. To be okay, honest. yeah, you go. You've heard it here first. <laughs> Anything but Bohemian Rhapsody and The Star Is Born. Venom, perhaps. Venom should <laughs> outstanding symbiote acting. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Venom was awful. Um, right, yeah. So I want. Cold War to win every award, even though I think it I should know. be shoehorned into categories, even though it's not been nominated for those. So that's what right, I would like to okay. see win everything. In terms of the best films there uh, on the list, I would like to see it probably go to The Favourite or Roma, to be perfectly honest. Okay, yeah, So it's the best film. I mean, Roma yeah. is a technical masterpiece, right. and The Favourite is an absolute joy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, either one of the two for me, to be honest, for the cool. big prize. But... It'd be nice for Black Clansman to get some award recognition, but, you know. Yeah, it's, we'll it's a good happens. film, to be fair. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right, well, any thoughts on the BAFTA nominations? Do you agree or disagree? Then let us know. Come at us in the comments section if you think we're being too hard on A Star Is Born. Everyone seems to. <laughs> everyone seems to. Uh, then, by all means, let us know. But we're going to have another brief break, and we'll be back after this with a feature review of the Kira Knightley starring vehicle uh, and Wash Westmoreland, what a name, directed uh, Colette. Okay, welcome back, and here we are talking about Colette, the film based on the real-life French author Colette, who I think is the most celebrated French author in history, and is actually a really fascinating woman. The more I read up after watching the film, read up loads about her, she's pretty cool. 
Yeah, I yeah, I knew nothing for my sins. I knew nothing, yeah. literally nothing about this woman until I yeah. walked into this film, yeah. and I came out of the film going, yeah, that's quite quite a story. Yeah, yeah, completely. What well, what before I well. Let's start off by saying Kira Knightley is probably one of my least favourite people in the whole world and I reluctantly went to this film because I generally don't watch Kira Knightley if I can help it. So what did you think of it as someone who could probably bear her a bit more than me? Well, I don't mind. Well, let's let's have a clip first and, okay. see, and let, right. let, let people decide based on the clip what they think she might be like in this film uh, and then we'll go from there. What are your impressions after tonight? My impressions? I'm disgusted. The people who threw things tonight are cowards. And the only reason I didn't get a footstool in the face is because I dodged it. Let it go, Colette. There were some gentlemen who came for a fight. We must ignore them and go on. So, you intend to continue? Yes. Those people don't frighten me at all. Look, am I trembling? I will continue to pursue this because I want to. And if Paris won't have me, then so be it. I'll go elsewhere to make a living. So, yeah, as... as, um... As Grace alluded to earlier, so this is set kind of so the, the kind of the the premise that the the time in her life that this is set is kind of when she's very very young mm. and it kind of tells the story up to what middle age would you say? Or yeah, a little bit like, younger I than middle like age, so late thirties. So yeah, so basically yeah. she she is, she is very young and is married off to uh, a French author called Willy. Yes. Uh, who play is played not particularly well by Dominic West. Um, in all honesty, here uh, and. Uh, Willie, the author, is seems to be struggling to put a good book out. Is in a lot of debt and basically steals um, Colette's work, for want of a better word. Mm. Uh, she she writes something, he says it's not very good, and then slightly, ever so slightly, changes it, adds some notes, mm. and then releases his own work. Um, then they have a massive literary hit on their hands, and this happens again and again and again and again. So um, yeah, a timely a timely release for this kind yeah, of work, yeah, yeah. I think for sure. Um, and basically, Colette, played by Kira Knightley. Um, has enough of her marriage, realises she's probably a lesbian, yeah. uh, and gradually says, fuck this guy, I've had enough of this. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we are. Um, yeah, you said you're not a big Kira Knightley fan. Um, no. I kind of get why that you don't like her, but for me, I thought she did some quite good work here. I think this was her her most interesting work. I think she this was the most bearable thing I've seen her in, for sure. The film was very beautiful, very inspirational in a lot of ways. But my, I guess my first negative point of it is I sat there going, I really wish this was in French. Yeah, I don't really do understand. I, mean? I, I totally agree with you on that one because there's moments where you see that she's writing the book and the writing, or the writing that you see her putting onto the page mm. is in French. Mm. So initially I was like, oh, this is in France. I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't really clock initially because yeah. I knew nothing about nothing about the subject matter at yeah, all. So yeah. I didn't initially clock it was in France. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I I I get where you're coming from. It seems bizarre that this isn't done in the French language. Yeah, and I just felt completely like because it's such a a, a a French subject matter. I just kind of felt like I I I wasn't immersed in this kind of Parisian eccentric well i mean maybe the third act when they go to the moulin rouge and what have you but generally it could have just been anywhere really it just wasn't french enough and i know like from researching afterwards there was a 1985 i want to say um french film about colette which didn't do particularly well but still i think i it just it, it's one of the things that bothers me about les miserables you know mm. when you're you 
you're watching it and then you get, there's a little kid going, Vive la France. You're like, why is there a Cockney French kid? Yeah. I don't understand <laughs> this. Like, I want to be immersed in the world. And so that instantly kind of put me out of sync with it, I think. Yeah, Kira Knightley's really... She, she was fine in this film and you know you could tell she was trying really hard but I think what was lost was the fact that she's just not a very interesting person right. and this character's really interesting and bless her, I could see she was trying her best you know but she there's just something about the character that I just don't think an actress like Kira Knightley could quite lock into there's an eccentricity there's a bohemia about this woman that the the world that she becomes involved in there wasn't a, much of a change between little country girl Colette moving to the big city to suddenly becoming this music hall star I just didn't I didn't feel like there was much of a shift between mm. her character arc I guess is that I see yeah. where you're coming from yeah because yeah because her character does go through some pretty dramatic changes but the character doesn't ultimately change a great deal but I don't know whether that that kind of worked for me but in a way, it's just like she's always been this character, and now she's like she's always been bigger than her, bigger than this kind of horrible, controlling marriage, and then and then it's kind of blossomed a little bit later yeah. on in the film. But I do see where you're coming from. I think for me, I think it was a decent performance. I didn't really the performance I did have a problem with though was, was Dominic West. Like, oh. right, I, I, it frustrates <laughs> me so much because years ago I set up a Facebook group called McNulty Watch. Right. Because uh, he was great in The Wire. I thought Dominic West was, okay. was superb as McNulty in The Wire. It's one of my favourite TV shows of all time. Right, and the M- McNulty it. character is superb. And ever since then, I just don't think Dominic West is that good. Mm. Like he just, I've, I've always found him quite flat. And I found his, and I found his character in this quite flat and a little bit unconvincing, to be honest. What did you make of his performance? Is, is it me being mean or? Yeah. Again, like I had this problem with it not being in French so he was just too like he was just so sweary and so like oh bloody hell he was oh, too look. British I think yeah, to, he was too British to play a French to exactly, play a Frenchman for sure exactly and um he this is going to sound like quite um quite shallow but I just didn't believe that this girl would fall in love with this guy like he's bending over and farting in front of her he's really sweary he's really just like grumpy and hor- like and really cocky and sleeping with other women all the time and there just didn't seem to be anything about this character that you could think that's the what that's the reason why she's with him maybe the literary thing but again he's kind of portrayed as this sure he's like a um an acclaimed writer at the time or what have you but he's not he's just shown as this bumbling old man so it, that there's there's no reason for her to be no well, maybe it's the literary thing but yeah i, yeah. I see we come from i just yeah don't want to performance just... i don't think they have a great deal of chemistry together i don't really buy no. them but i that... don't really but then there is that point where he does say well, our, our whole relationship has surely just been a business transaction so yeah 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 but yeah i know, I know where you're coming from i just yeah just dominic West's performance isn't isn't the best there to be honest no i think um and also um What's his name from <clears throat> Ali G in the house? Who's his um, the other publisher? Who's like get that bloody book to me on time? It was just like also like we're in Paris and you've got to get to the deadline, mate. You've got to get it all yeah, done. Yeah, I think this it's is the problem like, oh. populating a film set in France with British actors is they've all got colloquial accents. And it, yeah, yeah, it kind of takes you out of it a bit. 
But positives-wise, I mean, I didn't... I'll be honest, I, I went in and the first half of the film didn't grab me. I no. thought it was quite unexciting and quite sort of blandly directed. Yeah. And al- almost like paint-by-numbers uh, historical drama where you yeah. basically a director just gets a template from the producer and was like, do this, do this, and do this. Yeah. It came to life a bit more, I think, in the second half for me. Yeah. I think I started to enjoy it as soon as um, the Colette's love interest came into it. The I've completely forgotten the, the woman's name now, the Marquis. Oh, um, um, yeah, Missy, who's Missy, played yeah. by um, Denise Gough. Right, who who's is an Irish actor. Yeah, Irish I think was was really good. And as soon as yes. I think as soon as the the Missy character came into it, I think the film came to life for me. And mm. I think it it certainly I I suddenly found myself going oh. Yeah, I'm quite enjoying this now because I was I was struggling through the first half. So it's certainly not all it's not all negatives no, in, no, in no. the slightest. No, um, and I think actually there is some chemistry between Kira Knightley and Denise Goff. Denise Goff, yeah, and Denise Goff. I think there's definitely chemistry between between the pair of them. Yeah, um, and I think that really that kind of rescues the film really for me and it goes from being sort of a little bit drab, shall we say, to yeah. to quite entertaining by the end. Yeah, yeah, completely. And um, I think what was quite useful about this film is actually at the, at the time um uh lesbian relationships were actually encouraged encouraged in paris and i think paris like france has always been a bit more liberal in that respect especially at that time with um paris being very bohemian and eccentric and artistic so um the fact that that this um relationship where they're both going off to see the same woman at one point it wasn't like the way the filmmakers kind of portrayed it was it made it all quite natural and didn't yeah. make it a controversial thing which i think is really good because usually yeah. when you see same sex relationships in film it's always there's always a controversy yeah. and that really bothers me that that's the central plot point whereas this is more about exploring identity love yeah finding yourself in the world i guess yeah no I, yeah that's, that's a good point that i haven't picked up on um, and yeah i see where you're coming from because it's normally like oh my god the character's gay yeah, or, yeah, but, yeah, and really this is bit, yeah the, yeah the whole but there isn't that no. And that is, yeah, you're right. Even even the um, uh, Dominic West, the, the Willy character, just accepts it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh well, you've, I know, I know what, I know what you're going. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and turns it into a competition yeah. at one point. They're just like it, that. I actually found that quite quite comical in a way that yeah. they're both going to see the same woman. Yeah, it's yeah. quite yeah, that was quite good. Um, but yeah, and it was um, produced by I've written her name because I always forget it. Christine um, Vachon is that how you pronounce it? Who Produce Boys Don't Cry, Velvet uh, Gold, okay. Mine, right. Carol. So it's a number nine yeah. films production, which is Stephen Woolley yeah. and Elizabeth Carlson, who actually live locally um, okay. in Bath, a village outside of Bath. So I kind of, when I found that out, a lot of it made sense. Yeah. So they've, all, they've also done recently um, their finest, Limehouse right. Golem. So okay. yeah. there's that kind of very quintessential Britishness yes. that I was like, oh, that completely makes sense yeah. to me. But in France. But in France. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I actually really want to find out more about um, the uh, Matilde Missy, the Marquise character, because yeah. like, reading up about her is like that. It's quite a tragic story. And uh, when the film cuts, they're like, "And Missy and Colette were best friends forever," and actually they weren't. Okay. Like, you know, but but actually factually, most of the film's pretty factually accurate. Yeah. Um, have you seen Big Eyes? No. It was a bit like a, a French Big Eyes right, in okay. a way. It's a similar. But you know, I guess that happens through throughout history, where prominent um, female artists have a, a male 
class and taking all the credit. I don't know. I don't know how many more examples of that happens. But yeah, it was a bit like Big Eyes. Yes. um, Which is a really good film as well. Yeah. Good. So where do we stand on Colette then? I would say it's not perfect, but I could still recommend it. I think it it opened my eyes to an interesting historical character. Yeah. And that can only be a good thing in in my book. It's flawed. Yeah. But still worth a watch, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Unnecessary fart joke. Uh, Bearable... Kira Knightley but yeah again I still I still think Kira Knightley was perhaps not she looks beautiful she looks a bit like the person but yeah there's just an element of eccentricity that just didn't get tapped into too much but yeah it was definitely worth worth a watch so as I used to say on this show about five times an episode if not more so yes right well that's it for Colette then Uh, we'll be back after this with our top five I would say probably in no particular order but perhaps there is an order to it Uh, top five (laughs) currently working British actresses okay we are back with our top five British actresses working today I think we decided... Well, they might not be working today. They might have a day off. They might have a day off. That's hey. true. Oh, that's I'm here one. all week. <laughs> um, so, Paul, what's your number five? Uh, so, again, it's kind of no particular order for me, but this is a lady who should need no introduction and has had a fairly spectacular year, I would say, in terms of uh, career highs. Uh, this is everyone's favourite and the ever-lovely Emily Blunt. Uh, who I really, really like as an actress because she can bounce seemingly from genre to genre to genre and still do a really good job at it. So she is great in, not day, why am I calling it the day after tomorrow? It's not, I'm Edge, of it, no, Edge of Tomorrow. Or Live, Die, Repeat is yeah. a weirdly retitled, mm, but Edge mm. of Tomorrow. Uh, she's superb as um, the badass soldier in Edge of Tomorrow. She's also very, she's one of the best things about A Quiet Place, mm. without a shadow of a doubt. She normally steals every film that she's in, to, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and she managed to, although I didn't go much on the film overall, she managed to admirably step into the shoes of Julie Andrews and Mary Poppins. Okay. So yeah, what more needs to be said? Yeah. Um, anyone that can do that, and yeah, she's she she's not she 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 seems unlike a lot of British actresses. Kira Knightley, uh, she doesn't seem she doesn't seem particularly snobby. She doesn't seem to be just or you've got people like. Uh, Lily James or Gemma mm. Arterton who Gemma Arterton was great in The Escape but they just seem to fill out their body of work with middle of the road um, yeah. grey cinema films yeah. like that are just boring just yeah. unexciting just un- maybe that's more of a problem with the British film industry I don't know yeah. but yeah she doesn't seem to have padded her c- uh, career out with those films um, and has done very well on her own right so um, yeah. more power to Emily Blunt Super uh, who have you got number five um I've got Karen Gillan. Oh, good choice. Yes. Um, I, I'm i not familiar with uh, Doctor Who. Um, so I kind of started watching her from Oculus. Oculus, Oculus onwards. Yeah. Um, I think she's a really brilliant actress. I think she is a really good comedic actress. Um, she is really... She knows her film. She's really eccentric. And I think she's just a really natural person which therefore makes her so easy it's easy for her to step into most roles and nebula like there's i don't think there's lots of actresses who'd be willing to shave their head off for a film and and do so much sort of character acting in that respect so I, I think she really made nebula her own in um, guardians of the galaxy um and J- jumanji was 
flipping hilarious. She was so good in that film. She really rolled with it. And I'm really excited about what she's... Um, she also... Um, I think she directed a film, which I, I haven't... I, I'm not sure if it's released yet. She's I directed think it's a little indie film. I've forgotten the name. It's like Tupperware Party or something. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm really excited to see what she's... Because um, she's re- still relatively new in her career. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does next. That's my number five. What's your number four? My number four is Sally Hawkins. Um, and I think, we, yeah, there's, Sally Hawkins has done a lot of work, let's be perfectly honest. Yeah. And again, not ashamed to dive into a blockbuster, which I quite like. Uh, she was in Godzilla. She's in the new Godzilla coming out. My, Ooh, most, okay. my <laughs> most anticipated film of 2019, <laughs> except for John Wick 3. Um, which I wanted to get in there again. That's out this year. Um, but just in terms of recent performances, Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water is nothing short of a revelation. I think that performance okay. is just yeah. an absolute joy. Um, Paddington again she's great and she's just great in everything she plays um, she plays an incredible every woman shall we say yeah. but with an, a superb amount of depth yeah. and again going back to the Shape of Water she isn't every woman she's mute in Shape of Water mm. and the way she delivers so much emotion just through her face is, is yeah. fantastic so yeah. yeah Sally Hawkins number four my number four I've put Judy in there I've put Vedench in there because you know Judy, it was. I, I, I would have put Maggie, but I think Judy tops it because I think I think Judy is, um, has been more eclectic with her roles and I don't know. Hasn't she done like difficult. nine nine exotic Marigold Hotel films now? This she's only done two, but so is Maggie <laughs> though. Yeah, That's like yeah. a choice between like Maggie, Celia Imry, and Judy. I don't know. I think um, I think Judy Dench um, picks good films, and <clears throat> um, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm just getting so choked up about how great Judy Dench is. Um, <laughs> and yeah, she's still at like 87, still kicking it, kicking it back, kicking about. Yeah, she's great in Bond, to be fair. She is. Yeah, I did Bond, think about really I did that. think about Bond, um, and and she she will do like you know these great big hollywood movies but still go back to doing silent play smaller plays and um and the pitch black sequel she was in that was she in the pitch black she sequel? was chronicles of riddick that's was her fine that's that? probably her finest film was she in that <laughs> she was yeah she played like an ethereal an ethereal spirit guide thing lady eternal that. thing i don't remember that yeah. okay yeah I'm maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong maybe i'll have a look afterwards okay. but i'm fairly confident yeah. she does turn up in the chronicles of riddick yeah. so probably not her proudest moment but yeah i yes. quite like chronicles of riddick in fairness yes yeah i did um, cross her out for julie andrews because julie andrews doesn't really do a lot anymore but no know. no um so number three for yeah. me would be let's have a quick go at this it's difficult this order now but i'm gonna go with tilda swinton at number three um, what hasn't Tilda Swinton done? She is an incredible actress. She's an incredible presence. Um, Snowpiercer is probably one of my favourite Tilda Swinton I roles. Um, yeah, Suspiria. She's great in that. She's great in the new Suspiria. Although whether she needed to play three roles or not, I don't know. Um, again, she was. She yeah. Tilda Swinton is just good in everything. She's a she's an absolute presence, uh, and also she is a big big patron of kind of spreading cinema far and wide so mm. i believe she took a, a mobile cinema around to the highlands of scotland yeah. um, and does a lot and is a big a big big um what's the word i'm looking for patron of film yeah, i would yeah, say yeah. Is, is the best way to describe yeah um tilda swinton she's superb in she's pretty much superb in everything that she's in in all honesty 
Um, we need to talk about Kevin. She's fantastic in that. That's that's. I some, nearly that's watched some that really... the other day. Have you not seen it? No. Ooh. Yeah, definitely check that out. Only Lovers Left Alive, absolutely brilliant yeah. in that. Um, yeah, just steals every scene that she's in and just a, a, a master of her craft, I would say. Yeah, she's um, good at playing a bold Chinese man in Doctor Strange as well. Yes, <laughs> arguably, she arguably shouldn't have been cast in that role, but was still was still very very good at it. Yeah, so, no, um, no, she's good. She's yeah, so, yeah, just just an incredible actress, and yes, as I said, pretty much steals almost steals every film that she's in. So yeah. yes, Tilda Swinton at number three. I've put Thandie Newton at my number number three. Is this because of, of Mission um, Impossible Two? Yeah, it is. Yeah, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Um, I don't know. Like, she's just again, she's just one of these actresses that's just sort of like quite consistent and just pops up in again like really small like British stuff and then can be in a. She's great in Westworld, world. the TV series again, Westworld. She is superb in that. I started watching it and then I I don't know I didn't get into the first couple of episodes I think and I love James Mars and Evan Rachel Wood as well so maybe I'll, I'll carry on with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Crash aside, I I wasn't really a fan of that film, but you know I think yeah she's she picks a good range she can do um action drama and much as well as um comedy and um i think yeah she's just one of these underrated british actresses that just keeps on and, and and actually did um started doing a lot more for the me too movement before it became a thing as well yeah. she's a lot um you know she's often talked about the casting couch and how hollywood is really degrading to women and uh so she's been Active, being an activist for women's rights for a long time um, but yeah she's a really good actress she picks a, a really good mix of films and is highly underrated in my opinion so let's get her some more awards please uh, number two for me is National Treasure as we talked about last week on our favourite review Olivia Coleman. Uh, Olivia Coleman, not just there for the favourite I rewatched Tyrannosaur again the other day and oh my word is yeah. that a hard film to watch um, it's a fantastic film if you haven't seen it it's Paddy Constantine's directorial debut but um, yeah, Olivia Coleman sort of bouncing from not far off, almost bouncing from Peep Show to Tyrannosaur. Yeah, um, shows some serious, serious range. She plays a, a volunteer in a charity shop who is in an incredibly uh, abusive relationship, um, who befriends um, Peter Mullen's character, who is just a complete asshole with right. a drinking problem. Um, have you seen Tyrannosaur? No, right, see it. It's incredible, but it's not an easy watch. And yeah, Olivia Coleman just. Bam! You're like, wow! I didn't know you were capable of doing that. And Olivia Coleman, just everything that she's in again is just mm. great. Uh, and then when you see her in real life, she's just like the loveliest person in the world. And yeah, the favorite. If the favorite cements her on that list, to be perfectly honest, because that performance in the favorite, if you haven't seen yeah. it yet, honestly, there is there is not words good enough to do, to cover that performance in the yeah. favorite. Um, so yeah, Olivia Coleman is going to be massive. Um, she's playing the Queen, isn't she, in the next series of the Queen as well on Netflix? So that should be interesting. Is she? Yes. Oof. Yes. So Olivia Coleman's going places, and yeah, I've loved. I've always loved. Also, I've got a soft spot for Peep Show. I thought Peep Show was great okay. when it was on. So mm. yeah, maybe that's it. And maybe she's not done as much work as some of the other actresses in this list. She's yeah. still a force to be reckoned with. Okay. I think. So yeah. Um, my number two is Helena Bonham Carter. Good show. Which um, she's done some pretty naff stuff. I will always remember how much Fight Club made an impact on me. Her performance in that is just one of the best performances in a film. Um, she completely transformed from being this merchant and ivory period drama actress to just like something completely out of her comfort zone. Um, and 
as a massive Tim Burton fan, I'm obviously going to go to Helena Bonham Carter as one of my favourite actresses because she's in every bloody film he's done yeah. until they divorced or whatever. They separated, sorry. Um, I think she's... Um, she's really quirky she's um really picks some really odd films she's not afraid to get um stuck in some really weird characters um i i i haven't seen any of the harry potter films but i know she's quite she's very good in quite stuff, yeah. quite made in that um and yeah again again she uh, i think a lot of my choices it's women who are fine to do these big hollywood feature films but can quite easily revert back into doing little small british dramas or you know tv stuff as well i think i think that's one of the, one of the things that sets aside um hollywood and the british film industry is that um british actors quite like going back and doing bbc stuff as and theater stuff whereas once you're in hollywood you're in hollywood in america it's very i think it's very rare for um, actors and actresses to go and do TV stuff in, in America nowadays unless okay. they sort of later on, maybe I'm wrong but I mean more of the rise of Netflix I think more, more yeah. people are doing it but certainly before Netflix was a big thing Oh no, before was... we before where we are now, yeah certainly it was film, yeah, we didn't step film, back but yeah, now there yeah. seems to be, yeah seems so, to, they, they seem to have sort of reached even footing yeah. if not prestige TV has possibly taken over where yeah, yeah, talent's working yeah. So, yeah. but you know, yeah I think you know, yeah, Helena Get in there. <laughs> uh, my number one uh, is a lady that I like to describe as the thinking man's Kira Knightley. Who could that be? If I said to you the thinking man's Kira Knightley, which actress would you think of, Grace? Thinking man's Kira Knightley. Um, oh goodness, uh, I don't know. It's Kerry Mulligan. It's Kerry Mulligan. Okay. Who I think is nothing short of superb. And having okay. seen Wildlife uh, latter part of last year, that I mean, I talked a lot about Olivia Colman's performance being great in the favourite and being my favourite sort of awards consideration performance and then I thought back and thought no maybe Carrie Mulligan's better uh, and Carrie Mulligan is sort of silently superb in everything that she's in um, she's brilliant as the kind of the the girlfriend in Drive um, she's superb in Shame um, there's not there's not I can't think of a bad Carrie Mulligan film to be perfectly honest okay. um, what, what's the other one I'm thinking of there was a period drama no. Inside Lewin Davis, she's great in that. Suffrage, I haven't seen Suffrage yet. Was that Far any good? From the Madding Crowd. See, she was very good in Far <laughs> from the Madding Crowd, which I quite liked. You said, did you not enjoy Far from the Madding Crowd? Um, I, I, I read the book and watched the original um, uh, film, so I, I, I'm personally not a big Carrie Mulligan fan, so I kind of avoided Have you seen Far Wildlife? from the Madding. No, okay. I will. But I've seen I've seen inside um Lewin yeah. Davis I've seen a lot of her stuff yeah uh, so yeah I mean I yeah and education I thought was really really good okay. I think she's yeah she's kind of she's not a showy actress by any stretch she doesn't sort of come onto the screen and sort of steal the screen by, yeah. by any margin uh, yeah. but what she does she does quietly and very very well in my opinion yeah no she's um, definitely better than Kira Knightley and doesn't act with her lower jaw which I think is good yeah, yeah. ouch. <laughs> So yes, Carrie Mulligan, uh, my favourite British actress currently working. My favourite British actress currently working is Gillian Anderson. I love Gillian Anderson. Good. I know she's um, transatlantic, um, but she's born in Britain, she's raised in Britain, she's got a British... She's got a great surname. Britain Anderson, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she's got... Yeah, yeah, she's like your second aunt twice removed, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. No, she's my mum. She's no. your mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm a flipping huge x-files fan and at one point i used to just actively cosplay as dana scully like in my life i have like put you know ginger long hair and just try and investigate 
um, alien encounters all the time. Good. No, I think I she's... Imagine you weren't that busy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, she's like one of my um, heroes. I think she's a brilliant actress. Again, does Hollywood really well, does American stuff really well, but keeps coming back to, to good old Blighty and doing um, some cool British stuff. Um, her performance in the BBC adaptation of Grey Expectations, where she plays um, Miss Havisham, the uh, scary bride, was one of my favourite performances by an actress ever. I flipping loved that. Um, and she's just so cool. She picks some really good stuff. And yeah, Gillian, if you're listening, I love you. The any <laughs> any honourable mentions? Um, honourable mentions, Julie Andrews. Kristen Scott Thomas, um, who I left off my list just because she's done like quite a lot of NAF stuff. But Kristen Scott Thomas was in her uh, feature film debut was in um, Princes Under the Cherry Moon, which if you haven't seen that, don't avoid it. It's good. The cinematography is <laughs> lovely. It's set in Cannes. It's got brilliant music. It's all in black and white. It's got some dodgy scripts, but don't let that pull you off. She's beautiful in it. Um, that and um, Only God Forgives are like two um, films which I think she's brilliant in. Um, so yeah, those are some honourable mentions. I'm going to go with Gugu and Baffa Raw, who I yeah. think is going to be still going to be massive. She yeah. hasn't quite. The only reason she didn't make the list is she hasn't quite done as much work no. as, as other people on the list. So no. yeah, I think she's going to be superb and she's been brilliant in everything yeah. I've seen her in. Uh, and I had Tessa Thompson down as being English <laughs> until this morning, uh, when yeah. my my heart was broken a little bit and I realised she was American. I've no idea She's why I thought American. she was British. No idea. Maybe the name Tessa Thompson, which is quite a British name, I don't yeah. know. But yeah, she's American. So Tessa Thompson, if you want to be British, you'd have made my list. Be British. Uh, but yeah, you can come over and be British if you like. Yeah. Um, that's fine. So yeah, I don't know why I brought her up because she's not British, but she nearly made my list. Um, <laughs> Who else? I'm just trying to think. Young actresses working at the moment. That's probably it from me in terms of honourable mentions, to be fair. But I just wanted yeah, to get those. Certainly Gugu cool. and Bath Roaring, because, as I said, she's in- impressed me with everything she's been in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just not done quite as much work as other people, yeah, which I've well, just said, so I don't know why I said it twice. When but. I was trying to make this list, I was like looking at young British actors and I was just going, oh, that person irritates me. Oh, no, I can't deal with that person. Oh, that person's just too blooming posh. I think there's just a kind of poshness of um, the, the youth of today which which bothers me but you know well hopefully that'll change but we shall yeah, see we shall see i think that's the, the it seems to be there seems to, people seem to want it to change and then it never does so well, I think we shall see the issue is is back in the days of dench you know um uh, acting schools were open to everyone they weren't as expensive um anyone could be an actor really whereas now because drama school is so expensive and it's one of the main routes to get an agent unfortunately yeah. that comes with a kind of elitist um, group of people that get to come through yeah. so I think you know there's a lot of actors out there give them a chance just because they can't afford to go to drama school yeah. doesn't mean they're not good come yeah, on absolutely <laughs> well that pretty much brings us to the end of this week's show so hopefully Pete will be back on next week if he's feeling better um, we've got well we've got two options for reviews next week we could do Glass um, or we could do your most anticipated film of the year Mary Queen of Scots yeah. Grace <laughs> Um, so for the sound of that we might be back with a review of Glass um, but I will hope to see them both at that point so yeah let's say we're going to be back next week with a review of Glass 
and probably yes. something to do with Bruce Willis, I would have thought, yes. as a top five, but Let's we shall see. Let's do that. Okay, okay you I'm seem really excited. excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. Okay, so yeah, in the meantime, uh, if you like what you've heard, let us know. Give us a review on iTunes. You can find us on at Strangers in a Cinema on so no at Strangers Cinema on Twitter, Strangers in a Cinema on social media on Instagram, um, and that is it from us for this week. So goodbye. Bye bye. Shut up and sit down. Shut up.